I'm falling in love with the season again. Yeah. Really, yeah. Because the past few because years, it's been, it's been the like the worst. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's been the worst year in history. I read some information. It should be the warmest year ever, uh, beating out last year, which was the warmest year ever until that point, and the year before that, which was also the warmest year ever up till then. What? It was so cold, though. (laughs) This is such a lot. No trust in anyone. It was so cold because it was so hot in the summer. Welcome to the Global Warming Podcast. No, God, so. don't even get me started. <laughs> don't get Scott started on global don't warming. Don't get me started. Um, this is a trunk. This is going to be a truncated version of the Fresco show. I mean, I don't think for... we should truncate it. That'd be a little, a little rude. <laughs> just cut it off right there. <laughs> Can we just? <laughs> this is going to be an uh, uh, an episode Bridge. of the Fresco show for November twentieth, twenty fifteen. The bad week, but first other things. No, but like seriously, uh, this is gonna be a shorter show because we just recorded for like twenty minutes and lost everything and had some like pretty solid discussion. I can say it was really good. None of I you agree. four are gonna argue that it wasn't. So just good. trust us. Trust us. It was the best thing you we've can ever done. You actually turn this episode off right now because you already know this. So you know it's good. good. So don't. go. <laughs> <laughs> don't but turn don't. it off. I'm gonna give us five stars on iTunes. Um, <laughs> you know who? You know who? I'm not giving five stars, Imogen. Also, also, never mind. That's a really good segue, but you should introduce yourselves. We have some uh, new yeah, viewers on the show. Yeah, we're about to write out Ignora. Hi, I'm Nicole. <laughs> and I'm Scott. I'm him. Uh, and I'm Burn. I give them both five stars. You know who I don't give five stars in? Uh, Gawker. Yeah. Wow. What happened this week? Okay, so Gawker just, like, did some stuff. Gawker Media in general actually had a bit of a reorganization. Uh, Gizmodo got a little bigger. Um, and is being led by Katie Drummond now, who is okay. who was most recently in Blueberg, and before that was the science editor of The Verge. Um, Joe Lopnik uh, is getting a dedicated like official motorcycle section, mm-hmm. but most importantly, Gawker of Gawker, the is, Gawker, the Gawker, Gawker Vertical is uh, uh, a skeleton of what it once was, right now, and is Verge. recovering as a cadaver. I mean, they're trying to grow meat on those levels, right? So what happened was... Well, I mean, what first happened was they got murdered a couple weeks ago, but... Yeah, I mean, mean, we all all know that Gawker is in a terrible state. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So one day they decided to start calling people in a room who they didn't feel were necessary and fire them one at a time. Mm -hmm. So the organization basically watched itself drop off Slack one person at a time. Um, and then some people were left, and uh, yeah. the editor-in-chief, or whoever he was, sent out a memo um, yeah, um, repositioning Gawker as a political vertical. So you have an excerpt from this one? Did you find something you want to read? Uh, I have the Not memo really. up. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, uh, Gawker's kind of rebranding themselves as this like new pseudo-political site, which is the, an interesting way for them to go. I don't know. I was never... But also, do we need another one of those? No, do we need one of those that well, keeps the tone of Gawker either? Well, well, I mean, I don't know if they'll do that. Right? Let's read this town. excerpt from the memo. Okay, that explains Gawker's place in the political scene. Uh, politics writ large has provided the scene for some of Gawker's most recognized editorial scoops, such as the exposure of Toronto's crack-smoking mayor, the bullying power of Fox News, the first questions about Hillary Clinton's private email address, and the jet-set partying of Bill Clinton with a convicted pedophile. Is there any doubt that the 2016 U.S. presidential election campaign, a contest between reality-defying fabulous and the last representatives of two exhausted political dynasties, will provide new rich 
rich new opportunities for sensation and satire, I can appreciate the wonky contrarianism of Ezra Klein's Vox.com and high metabolism micro-news from Ben Smith's BuzzFeed Politics. But more than any other facet of the American system, the Politico Media blog, bit, blog begs punturing by some sharp, sharp gawker wit and probing by gawkers inquisitive journalists. Wait, so they, they're Politico, so, but with gawker journalists? Yeah, there's <laughs> That's another, what they're going for? There's That's another thing in... Uh, Maybe it was another memo, but they uh-huh. kind of uh, they kind of want to sit between the explainerism of Vox mm-hmm. and the casualness of BuzzFeed. I think that there's a place for they that. They want to be free but smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. And not too serious. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I read um, was that they were going to, you know, go into the 2016 election season um, with the goal of covering you know, the political environment. But um, I think from what it sounded like, they were pretty much just going to write off most of the Republican field as kind of a joke and then uh, kind of, you know, try and bring their seriousness of what they're Mm -hmm. doing to, I guess, what they see as... As, like, the real race? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, not taking themselves seriously I mean, that's, so far that's, as translated to not taking the, some of the candidates some of the seriously. Candidates. I, and that might be more of a liberal slant kind of thing that, that I don't think they're the only ones uh, that are, should be accused of that. But, uh, you know, it should happen. <laughs> that's me trying not to, to weigh in on, on how much I think a lot of those candidates are a joke. Jindal uh, dropped out. He did. I think this week. Yeah. Which, which made me feel nothing because... He was just one of those was names. He, was he ever really in it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen every, uh, yeah, every, every couple few weeks. weeks. Yep. I don't know. It's interesting. I think they picked a really good time to do this. And yeah. uh, obviously because of, you know, Gawker was kind of going to shit with, with scandals. And, yeah. you know, they could have kept doing what they were doing. But um, it's just convenient because it's election season and because it's yeah, pretty well, it, heavy. Especially in an election thing. season like it's the not, one that we're... That, that's that's it can, occurring right now. I mean, there's definitely a lot of material out there. I think for yeah. them to to kind bring of, their uh, yeah their it's interesting kind of new voice to sensationalize and satirize. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's good. Like it's a it's a exciting it's an exciting election. It's also kind of a sensationalist election. It's a very entertaining. Such a it's such an entertaining election. It's it's. I uh, almost it's feel like I think they can thrive doing that. Uh, yeah. But it's it's. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a great move on their part. Like, yeah, but kind of for a really now, good timing. Where does where does Gawker go after? I mean, I think if Gawker election. doesn't establish well, their new voice by the time the election is over, then Gawker that's is not going to be like a good amount of time. This was part of it. Gawker's not going to be a political blog. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be a website covering broadly political topics. Mm-hmm. So they're a political site in the sense that The Verge is a technology site. Mm-hmm. It, covers, okay, it covers technology's influence on lifestyle. actually is a really good comparison. Yeah. Um, I hope that you don't read The Verge, then. Read, read The Verge. Can we, hmm? can we promote that? <laughs> it's a really read good, The Verge. It's good. It's a really good website. Uh, also, sponsorship accepted. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want that Comcast um, money. <laughs> if you'll want to send that yeah. our way. Um, but yeah, no. Chris Plant's a really nice man. Um, <laughs> I, man, I, name I, drop. Yeah, no, he's a good dude. Uh, if you... Uh, no, you, you tweeted about uh, the 
or you sent me a Snapchat about uh-huh. a Verge internship. Yeah. And I instantly thought of you being like Chris Plant's sidekick. This <laughs> is me and Chris Plant. <laughs> <laughs> Just wandering through the world. Um, but yeah, while we're on the topic of, of po- political sites and politics, there was a debate recently that no one watched. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was it was a thing to watch. It was a Saturday night. Yeah, my roommate. What were you doing on Saturday night? My roommate asked me if I was going to watch it, and I was like, what? You have to be kidding me. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. no debate tonight. I yeah, would have so heard about is... it. Okay. And then I I went online, and sure enough, there was debate happening that Saturday night. I have to night. wonder, is this, like, do they do it on purpose? Did they, they do. Did they want they no on one to are watch there, it? So they're, I feel like they're purposefully ones that are kind of more, subdued. like, subdued yeah. and under the bus and that aren't kind of the, the big debates. Mm-hmm. But we just yeah. kind of... Yeah, and this is, like, kind of becoming a pattern. There are... You know, there's over 20 debates happening between now and mm-hmm. next November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do a new segment called the Debate Minute, where yeah. I time myself for one minute and say as much as I can about my debate notes. I actually knew this and was wondering why you were getting your timer up, but but now I know. Just, yeah, so this is, just came back to me. This is about to happen. Okay, if you um, go over, it's fine, but don't go over. Okay, well, I won't be able to go over. I'm, I'm just going to stop when I hear something. Uh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Okay, I just want to get that out there in the beginning, uh, but Bernie Sanders didn't really go to depth on his gun control stuff, um, which is kind of wearing down my confidence in his ability to communicate his ideas effectively. Um, but going into big things, um, Hillary kind of sided with a high minimum wage, which she says it should uh, be $12 because she didn't think it's realistic. Um, and the highest example that we have in the U.S. is actually $12.80 an hour, which is in two counties under Martin O'Malley, so plus for O'Malley. Um, Bernie Sanders had a comment relating to that um, when they kind of delved into taxes, um, where he said he's not so much of a socialist as Eisenhower, whose top tax bracket was 91%. Uh, side note, Reagan's uh, beginning top tax bracket was, I think, over 50%. Um, uh, later on, Hillary defended her pro-Wall Street position uh, after a comment uh, by Bernie Sanders by invoking 9-11, saying that she helped them rebuild and uh, is serving her community. And then, uh, we're out of time. That's, uh, that makes me want to wake up. That nice. I was going to say <laughs> something. Yeah, I wake up, too. Yeah. Also makes me want to like, throw your phone across the room. I was going to say <laughs> some stuff about Paris, but we will get into that. Okay, like yeah, now. No. Like now. Oh, um, oh, yeah, oh yeah. right now. Sorry, what you oh, have to say? Uh, yeah, so... I was just <laughs> thinking of throwing my roommate's phone across the, the room. Uh, yeah, no, I wake up to this, too. I definitely got um, the bang So the, the thing about Paris is that there was a lot of yeah. uh, disagreement on the debate stage, except they weren't actually disagreeing. Everyone was saying that they disagreed. But everyone kind of had a consensus, it seems, that there should be an effort led by local leaders rather than the U.S., with the U.S. just providing support yeah. to take down ISIS. And this is kind of becoming... A common position, like yeah. as slightly yeah. hawkish as it is, like it's it's realistic. Yeah, yeah, and moderate. Sure. After the debate, there was a lot of uh, in the debate. I believe both Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley um, indicated that they would back a plan in which a U.S. led. Um, you know, they, they use these terms very, uh, very like loosely, coalition. but they lead uh, the fight against ISIS or uh, mm-hmm. the Islamic State in the Middle East. Um, is- where, whereas Hillary Clinton during the debate said uh, more of a like. We should be involved, but we shouldn't lead it um, in, in you know, put sort of a more moderate you yeah, know, that is language. Yeah, standpoint. I mean, but trying to lead it is a very yeah, American thing. Exactly. And, and so yeah. she was hit quite hard after the debate by, by people saying, oh, you know, Hillary Clinton doesn't want the United States to be, to be you know, world leaders in this conflict, um, which, I, I mean, there are points on both sides. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily I don't fair either. because no candidate is going to be able to get around the fact that the United States is one of the two main members of the UN Security Council. Yeah. Like, that's just how it works. Yeah. Well, and we have the strongest military. They're the strongest military and really deep entanglements. So we have kind of a responsibility mm-hmm. to 
support what's going to work. Yeah, but I mean, it is going to have to be a multinational thing, you know. I mean, yeah, it it has to. I mean, it has to. I I think, you know, from a from a realistic standpoint, that that's what's going to work, and from a standpoint by which you know, how many Americans are going to support the U.S. going into Syria and Iraq again alone. I think, I, I think you know. what I've what I've kind of gathered from what I've been seeing on Facebook and what I've been, you know, some anecdotes I've been hearing is a lot more than, than we thought. Than yeah. you would think. Um, I think if the option is either of... U.S. going there or like coming here, people would rather like a hundred times have yeah. the U.S. I think there. like the the way the refugee crisis is being handled is you know saying something about that American paranoia too yeah. of. You know, we're, like, afraid, you know, a lot of people are afraid of the Islamic State, as they should be, but you need to realize this is something that's been, you know, happening. Yeah, also... Uh, and, and just because, like, first go out to everything that happened in Paris, and, like, as a as someone who covers the news, that was a very strange uh, event for me, and just, like, kind of something that, that tore at me a couple different ways, because I think professionally we did a really good job. Um, and, like, a lot of what our job is is, like, reaching out to people uh, and, like, you know, trying to, to get their content and, and them to share uh, what they've been seeing with the world, uh, which, is, which is great. But also, you know, like, I am, I am a human, but I'm also a human who, who has to think about, about the business side. So it's just, it's, it's been a lot of, uh, it's, it, I don't know, it's been, it's been, I kind of lost my, my train of thought there, actually. And it's, didn't really know where I was heading. Uh, now, now I just feel like I derailed everything. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's yeah. just been a lot of a lot of things said. Yeah. It's been an interesting week for sure. Um, I don't think it's. I don't know. I think I think a lot of people don't realize the uh, maybe the 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 mental toll it's been taking on on us as a nation that has kind of been leading to some some maybe irrational thinking. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I think that that was the point of the attacks. I yeah. Mean, the reason yeah. the reason yeah. the Islamic State attacked those places in Paris was not to kill those one hundred and thirty now people. Yeah. You know, it wasn't about hurting them and their families. It was about inspiring this kind of uh panic and and, you know, knee jerk response um around the world to, mm-hmm. to the whole Western world there, which is what in their eyes, their enemy, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a direct it's... statement that we are in the West now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, in that way it was successful. I mean, just looking at, at the sorts of things that are happening in, in America and in some of the European nations that this is even more directly affecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, we, we come from this with a very like, American centric, and obviously the whole thing is coming from a very Eurocentric uh, point of view. But there are clearly uh, people in other nations affected way more by, than by this. And I sounded like I was kind of cracking, but okay. <laughs> and we're only talking about in the U.S. admitting ten thousand refugees in twenty sixteen. This year alone, we've let in sixty thousand people already. Yeah, and nothing. Has. Well, yeah, and really one and a half million people since nine eleven, yeah. and like three point four million people in the last fifty years. And and as has been said again and again, uh, you know, most of the refugees coming to our country are women, children, and the elderly. And you know, turning 
those people away who are in desperate need of the help that we uh, we can give them. We have the resources to give them because we are afraid that one or two individuals among thousands mm-hmm. might have nefarious intentions. Um, you know, that idea is is counterproductive. I think it's um, you know it's it's not. It's not what we should be doing to, to be turning these refugees away because, uh, as I said, you know, they need our help. Um, and it's not going to keep anyone safer than we already are. But I yeah. think it's worth it to look at it from every point of view possible. I mean, I'm not saying, like, oh, no, I don't want refugees, not at all. It's, I, like would love for them to come. Is that, like, the right way to take that? But but, but I do... We don't mean to offend anyone. No, we don't. That's not at all. But, um, but I do feel... I've had... And we talked about this in our first beautiful first version of this podcast. Oh, my God. How you see other... Like, other people's stands on social media, people you know, and then I've also had, like, a lot of conversations with people who have completely different point of views than me. And they see it as... Why are we making it easier mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. to, uh, for the wrong kind yeah. of people to come well, here? And I guess I can understand I mean, wrong that. In, in wrong air quotes, right? Wrong in air quotes yeah, as in like someone who has the wrong intentions, yeah. terror wise. Sure. And that's very much a matter of nationalism because yeah. we're just, we are, it is a dichotomy. We are making a trade um, between the saving the lives of thousands and thousands thousands. of families who have Mm -hmm. already been affected by terrorism Mm -hmm. um, against the risk of maybe a dozen families in the U.S. Mm -hmm. being affected in the future. There are are valid points on both sides. For me, what it comes down to is that uh, the good that we can do by helping these refugees... um, who have no nowhere else to go? You know, mm-hmm. they've been they've fled their home because of the same people that we're afraid of, mm-hmm. and you know, the good we can do by helping them far and away uh, outweighs the risk that we impose on ourselves by by allowing these refugees into the yeah. country. And the yeah. way that you fight terrorism is by reducing its effects. Yeah, and the point of terrorism is to make people afraid. Um, and it's like cynic. Hate to say it, but like cynically. It's, it's kind of working. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that... Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's strange because I think American history is built a lot on, you know, letting people, like, letting immigrants into this country and letting people who need a home into this country. But it's also built on a lot of discrimination yeah. and a lot of um, fear of, of people who are not... Yeah, well, and like I think... Us. So it's... it's it's easy to take either side um, if you're looking at this from a historical standpoint. I think that this issue has brought out a lot of historical... Uh, I mean, obviously it's brought up a lot of historical occurrences, but it's also just you know brought out a very strong response from um, people on both sides who are going back into the past, looking at things that have happened before, looking at this country and, and our history and, you know, coming to t- very different conclusions in some cases. Yeah. Um, so I don't really want to talk about Mizzou. Uh, <laughs> just because uh, we've been heavy for like 10 minutes now and I don't, I don't know. 
if anyone has any comments. Uh, Dan, it's, the only thing I similar. would say is just that it, I, it's been really Traffic. interesting, I think, to see the response um, to what happened in Missouri, uh, mm -hmm. you know, around mm -hmm. the country. I know um, for me personally, uh, growing up in Kansas, um, have a lot of friends who go to the University of Kansas, um, and he, obviously not that far away from Mizzou, but they're they're definitely seeing this sort of thing happening. I was uh, sent a letter, an open letter from one of my friends at KU mm -hmm. the other day um, that was written by some graduate students there who were calling uh, for the resignation of a, or not resignation, the firing of a mm -hmm. teacher um, who had made what they saw to be very racially insensitive comments in uh, in a class where she was teaching them how to teach undergrad students. Um, mm -hmm. And their problem with, with what she said was that um, she was talking about how as a, as a white woman, she didn't really understand the uh, racism, like that, that, that racism was occurring and, mm -hmm. and how it was occurring. And, um, and she, I mean, there was just this huge response. There's been a huge response from the student body and, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's spreading to human, not to humans. Sorry, to student bodies around, around yeah, exactly, the country, and that's exactly we're seeing it all. I, I think that's a really inspirational thing to have to see. Um, I mean, these are you know the young people of the world. These are the people who, you know, will be the next leaders. So hopefully, yeah. this makes some kind well, of well, yeah, and ha having this for, discussion for now, and it's, I think is a good thing. I think younger and younger people are having discussions that are important uh, because of, you know, like generally terrible things that are happening. Exactly, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's. It's good to see something come out of that. Uh, I'm very interested in the way that they, like, the Mizu situation has been handled um, by most of the activists involved in the sense that the way they've handled the media, I think that bring, that brought out a lot of conversation mm -hmm. when um, yeah. the, that thing happened with the ESPN reporter who was also a student on mm -hmm. campus. Yeah. And... Um, it raised a lot of questions, and I definitely, I feel like a part of me really respects them for trying to keep um, their message as pure and clear as possible and not let it, or not wanting to let it be distorted by the media. Um, but, but I also, feel like the outcome of that was now people were talking more about you not letting the media in yeah, than yeah. the issue then itself. They're still talking about yeah. it and that she's being overshadowed. And also, like, if you're going to do something publicly, as someone who's, you know, kind of part of the media, like, the media does have a right well, to, to not cover only that. that but you are exercising your right to free speech by yeah. doing, by, by holding this protest and being mm -hmm. out in a public space and doing yeah. this. And, and to, you know, while you're doing that, to tell someone else that they can't exercise. I, yeah. I have a little bit of an issue with that. Sure. Definitely. And much more than a reporter, this kid was a student, which is like, nobody can tell me that I can't go into my own school that I pay for and, yeah. and not, you know, and be part of whatever's going on. It's just mm -hmm. not possible. Um, so I just I just found that really interesting in so many different ways. Yeah, that was a really good thing to bring, bring up. I, uh, we talked about that in class this week. Same. Same. Yeah. But, yeah. Journalism classes love that. Uh, media loves talking about the media. Journalists love talking about themselves. We do. We something do. I really realized. Can't realize. you tell? <laughs> no, but it's like this relatable <laughs> thing where I was taking this class last semester and the way the professor was kind of just like talking about himself. I'm like, yeah, that's the way I like to talk about myself. <laughs> I like to hype myself up like that. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have to head out. Actually, some stuff before 
We do plugs. Um, uh, it's obviously Thanksgiving week. How much time do we have? Okay, we're fine. Um, yeah, so um, I, to everyone who celebrates that and everyone who's in America, have a happy Thanksgiving. For everyone who doesn't, have a really good week. Uh, I don't know what anyone else is doing here. My parents are coming to town and visiting me, so they'll be here for like a week. It'll be good. Um, I might be heading up to visit some family in Long Island, but uh, aside from that, not much. I don't know. I mean, this whole, every, all of the, the there's things have made uh, the parade situation a little interesting. <laughs> um, I don't have discussion plans for another per time. se, but I did see a good recipe for uh, this air quotes special green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. so okay. you should send that to me. Anyway, yeah. my plans. Uh, my parent, my parents are not coming to town, so oh. I'm not. I'm not American, but I've celebrated Thanksgiving all my life, which mm-hmm. is odd. Um, it's the first time that I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving without my family. So my roommate and I oh. might just do Black Friday because it seems like an American yeah. thing to do. Oh shit! Black I would just, Friday. I would just say be really safe and maybe places. keep it to Cyber Monday. <laughs> yeah, if I was ISIS. Uh. No. It's just um, like we're not gonna go to dinner anywhere, so we might as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, last year we did like a friendsgiving thing, and that was really cool, and that's always really fun. So, that's, like, that's get some friends together, go to someone's apartment. What if we don't have friends though? And then you don't have friends. How <laughs> much you can do about it? It's a struggle. Really. I don't know. We'll bring it back to the beginning with the fresco party. I don't even know yeah. if that Heard. made it in. This. Fresco given. Which episode was that? I'm headed up to Boston to visit an aunt and uncle uh-huh. and two little cousins who are wonderful, who I'm sure will spoil the hell out of me, but. It'll be a nice, relaxing week. I've been really playing a lot of Fallout 4, so I'm... Uh, uh, you and really a lot of the rest of the world. Me and 12 million other people, apparently. <laughs> uh, that, that game's kind $750 of... $750 million. That game's kind of a mess. Can I can I throw in a funny fact uh, that Xbox involves one. Pornhub? Yeah, yeah. You, you have two uh, minutes. Yeah. So I, I, I saw online an article. Uh, the day Fallout 4 was released, Pornhub experienced a 10% drop in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's really funny. Yeah, um, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so this is the Fresco Show. Um, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us five stars there. Also, go download the Fresco News app. Rate and review it. Uh, we're Fresco News on Facebook, Twitter, Insta- Facebook and Twitter. We're having Instagram issues. Uh, and Tumblr as well, frescanews.tumblr.com. I'm Bern Galbart. Uh, you can find me at Feel the Burn, F-E-E-L-T-H-E-B-R-Y-N on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my blog is btgelbart.wordpress.top.com. Last week I said, no, last three weeks ago I said I was going to post something there. I just did. It's awesome. Go check it out. Nicole. Did I plug myself? Where can right we now? find you on the internet? Oh my god, this is so hard. Um, it's, it's hard because my, get... my last name's really hard. Oh, um, anyway, sorry. everything... Every, I'm on everything I ask Nicole Cosco, and that's C-O-I-S-C-O-U. Nicole without an H. Yeah, Nicole without an H. The, the French way, the right way. <laughs> Pretty sure there was a pastry shop in night. No, no, that was without an H, so that was great. Okay, Scott. Uh, Scott Mullen, you can find me on Twitter as uh, at the Mullen Effect, M-U-L-L-E-N. I love it. Yeah, we do. And you can find me on WordPress at the Mullen Effect. I can be found at 90s not today on Twitter. Like dot com, but not dot com. Dot today. today. Dot today. Chris Scott on Twitter. He's being followed. <laughs> and you should follow me because I have a thing coming out soon. I actually went to Massachusetts to do a shoot with an artist. Um, it's going to be up on Billboard with an interview soon. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'll tell you about that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Plant, hire me. <laughs>